Saturday on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette means it's time for the Acrisure Fan Advantage. We talk about this every week on Saturdays or the day before the game. We bring in an opponent expert on the Steelers' upcoming team. That's the Los Angeles Rams. We got Rich Hammond, senior editor at the, at the Athletic. He knows all things Rams. We're going to talk a lot about this matchup here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast. A show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. As I said before, I'm your host, Chris Carter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can also check out this show Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays here on the Post-Gazette Sports Channel, whether you're on your favorite uh, favorite podcasting platform or on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily content that comes out from all our different sports beats that we cover here at the Post-Gazette. This episode is brought to you by the Acrisure Fan Advantage, where all year long the Acrisure Fan Advantage gets you closer to the team than ever before. Get exclusive answers to your Steelers on the Friday episode when we we have Steelers insider Brian Batko on the show and then an in-depth conversation with an opponent expert each week here in the Acrisur Fan Advantage. This week, it's Rich Hammond. You can read his work at The Athletic. Uh, Rich, there's been a lot of talk about the Steelers getting ready for Aaron Donald. Literally, their practice, I don't know how many people know this, but their practice facility is shared with, with the University of Pittsburgh's football team, and the weight room is literally named after Aaron Donald. He paid for it everything. During the offseason, he's always here, and you see him walking around. You're like, oh, hey, what's up, Aaron? And so it's kind of funny to now. It's like it's that time of the year where they're playing Aaron Donald, and there's been a lot of talk about that. But who are the Rams talking about the most on the flip side about the, the their most concerned about the Steelers in this game? Yeah, well, there's a lot going on with the Rams right now, um, and uh, n- none of it particularly good if you're talking about the offensive mm. side of the ball. I-, I guess I would just start with saying that uh, they're they're, mo- they're going to be most concerned about the Steelers' defensive front in in general, and and that's because in part because they're always strong up front, and everybody knows that when you play the Steelers, you gotta you gotta pack a lunch bag. Like it's it's not going to be an easy afternoon or an easy evening. And what uh, complicates that even more is that the Rams are now down two of their top running backs they committed to running the ball in the second half last week and what did it lead them to well it led them to a a victory over Arizona but it also led them to losing Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers both to injury Ronnie Rivers is out for multiple weeks Kyron Williams it looks like is going to be out multiple weeks also so the Rams are uh they put out uh you know a big billboard on the side like running backs wanted who's who's going to show up and and they got Miles Gaskin in the building and they got Daryl Henderson in the building uh who they had had for a while, a former Rams draft pick uh, who got cut. So uh, taking it back to answer your question, I think the Rams main concern right now is they need to keep they need to do something to keep Matthew Stafford upright. They know that the Steelers are going to be pinning their ears back and coming for Matthew Stafford because of that uncertainty in the run game. So uh, they need to win those battles up front. They, they need to keep those Steelers off the line of scrimmage out of the backfield and uh, somehow manage to, to cobble together some kind of run game. Otherwise, I, I think the, the Steelers are just going to try to tee off on Matthew Stafford. What is the feeling on the Rams offensive line so far? Because I know they added Steve Avila and, you know, he he was his second round pick this year and he was the big ad there. But this is an offensive line. I think they've given him, what, 14 sacks through, through their first five, six games. And 
there's been questions about it. They added Kevin Dotson, former Steeler. Uh, you know, he's 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 on the roster. It's kind of a backup that switches between the guard positions. But how have they performed in your eyes so far? Because the Steelers, they've had some really good weeks where they control the offense, the the, the Browns offensive line against the in the pass rush. But then they played an entire Texas team that had basically all backup offensive linemen, and they are the ones that got pushed around. So they've been up and down a lot. Where's the Rams offensive line stand? Yeah, I, I would I would say you know kind of similar about the Rams offensive line, a, a little bit up and down. You know, they went they went through some changes late in training camp, which you really don't like to see. That that's never an indication that you're that you're real secure in in what you're doing. They they took a while to decide on their left tackle, and then when they did, they moved their left tackle to right guard. And they've had a couple injuries, knickknack things. You mentioned Kevin Dotson. They've had some issues at center with uh, with guys coming in and out. Coleman Shelton being banged up for a little bit. So uh, that hasn't helped. It never does. Uh, but, uh, you know, the other thing that hasn't helped is that inconsistency with the run game, too. They haven't committed to it, and they haven't been able to really establish any kind of flow or rhythm and get some momentum going. Uh, too often, they've just been throwing, throwing, throwing. And what that does is puts you in a kind of a defensive posture a lot. And, and that's the way that the offensive line has to play, you know, play in the pass rush. So I, I don't think they've really maximized it, uh, but also there's some consistency issues. I mean, they, they don't have a, they have a real stable right tackle in, in Rob Havenstein, who's been there forever, uh, mm-hmm. going back to the St. Louis days. So he, he, that tells you how long he's been there. Uh, and then, like you said, they've got a young guy, Steve Avila, who's been playing well, but is still a young guy. Uh, and then they've had a little bit of uncertainty at that left tackle position so it, it definitely is an area of concern especially when you have a quarterback back there who has a long history of injuries and, and you never know uh, what's going to happen so uh, that's why I said they they need to they need to have a good game from that offensive line they, they need to get the run game committed you know try to establish some kind of rhythm there and most importantly that whatever they got to do to protect Matthew Stafford whether it's rolling him out a little bit you know getting you know two steps and get rid of the ball uh, whatever it is they, they need to make that their top priority because uh, like you said that Steelers defense even though there may be some consistency issues there's there's definitely a lot of talent there the Rams offense has aver- is right now at 17th in rushing yards in, in, the, in the NFL but the Steelers run defense is 28th I think that's where a lot of people are excuse me you know 29th I was reading the rushing offense that's yeah, too good on the ground for the Steelers <laughs> on, on on either front so far um but I, I do think the Steelers might have found something against the Ra- against the Ravens two weeks ago right before their bye uh their run defense was struck with had been struggling uh and then in the second half of that game especially you saw guys like Quan Alexander Cole Holcomb uh, e, e, uh, uh, they, they, they came in, uh, and, and they, and they were able to get, get plays from their linebackers and they were able to go in, kind of feel, feel out the, feel out the defensive line. And this is very much a defensive line that, that yes, TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, they are the big names that are going to attract all the attention, but the interior has been kind of makeshift. Larry Joey's been dealing with an injury for, for pretty much all season. He showed up pretty big in that game, but also rookie Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin has been an asset to them. And they've been trying to figure out that third piece. Marvin Leal looks like he'll be back from his concussion this week, which, which means he'll probably be the starter with that group. But Montrevious Adams, Armin Watts, They've been rotating guys in there to figure out that pace. And I think that's been the biggest struggle for the Steelers on the defensive front is that they have a bunch of guys who are still kind of feeling each other out and knowing how their fits work together with different looks. And the teams that have presented more, I think, a wider variety of looks to have to consider, like like the Texans did, they have been the units that have given this, 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 this run defense the most trouble. Uh, do you see that uh, that still that complexity in the Rams run game with Sean McVay? He calls he like he he has all, he he's one of those coaches that tries to be more innovative on the offensive side of the ball. 
or is that something that you think might actually be limited because of the running back situation this week? Yeah, that that's the big question here. I, I don't know how what level of confidence he's going to have there, and, and that's that's always kind of the issue is is he going to commit to it? That's kind of the question. If you if you look at the history of Sean McVay, and by the way, I feel like I should put this disclaimer on this, and that Sean McVay has been here for six years, and and the number of good things that he has done outweighs the number of of criticisms by a, like a factor of ten. So I, I don't mean this to be a criticism of Sean McVay, but if you look at one thing that he does, it's it's he will consistently when things start to go a little wobbly. He will he will abandon the run as quickly as he possibly can because he trusts his off. He's always trusted his quarterback. He trusts himself in the in those play calls and those pass calls. So that's kind of that's his like his security blanket. What it's what he goes back to uh, when when he feels like he needs to, which is understandable and and in a lot of cases probably might be the right thing to do. But what it does is takes you exactly out of what you're just talking about. There, it takes you out of that balance. It takes you out of that complexity. It takes you out of being more difficult to defend if people know you're just going to throw the ball eight, nine times in a row. So sometimes what the Rams do, you're not going to get run over by the Rams. Like, the, mm-hmm. let's be very clear here. Like, if you if you see a game where the Rams rush for 200 yards, something really weird has happened. Uh, but what, <laughs> what but what you what you need to see there if you're the Rams is just enough. It's kind of like eating your vegetables, you know? Like, you're not, mm-hmm. not going to eat a whole plate of vegetables, right? That just mix in enough, mix in that serving so that uh, you got a little bit of a balanced diet, right? And, and then when the Rams do that that that's when they're at the best it's setting up that pass it's keeping the defense honest and when you look at the games when they've struggled or when they've got a little bit out of their sorts this year you know the the Cincinnati game the uh, second half against San Francisco uh, where you just start throwing the ball around that's where they run into trouble so It'll be interesting just to see. Now, these guys haven't come in. Miles Gaskin has no familiarity with this offense at all. Daryl Henderson does a bit, but he's been gone for a while. And even when he was here, he wasn't, uh, you know, heavily involved in the offense. They do have Zach Evans, who they drafted and who's gotten a little bit of, of time. But that's just going to be the big question with a one week of practice with only three, four days out there. Is he going to trust these guys? Is he going to give them the number of carries? Or is this just going to be a Matthew Stafford shootout game and uh, and the Rams throw the ball 40 times? I could see it going either way, uh, but but that's the, that's the question that Sean McVay has to answer for himself. On the other side of this upcoming break, I want to talk to you about Matt Stafford because to me, that's the biggest thing the Steelers need to be concerned with this game is making sure that he does not take over uh, in, in throwing the ball. The Steelers have given up a lot of passing yards this 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 year. They've been able to be opportunistic and create turnovers. I want to talk to you about how they might be able to do that against the Rams here on the North Shore Drive podcast. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Acrisure as they present all season long the Acrisure Fan Advantage. This year, the Fan Advantage brings you closer to the game or the, and the team than ever before because each week you get to ask questions that appear right on the show. Last week, we did a whole mailbag with myself and Brian Batko, giving you an in-depth discussion on the team. And this week, as always, whenever there is a Steelers opponent, we go over that opponent with an expert each week. This week is Rich Hammond. Next week, we get we get, we get you ready for the, for the Jaguars. Tune in every Friday and the day before the, each Steelers game to get the Acrisure Fan Advantage and submit your questions at acrisure.com slash fan advantage for more information to, and to submit those questions today. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, it's the Acrisure Fan Advantage from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter, Rich Hammond from The Athletic. Rich, I want to talk to you about Matt Stafford because the Steelers, they have a lot of respect for Stafford. They have a lot of respect for Cooper Cup. They noticed what Puka Nakua has been, been doing this year. 
How, how have you seen Matt Stafford this year? He was injured a lot last year, dealt with you know serious problems coming off the Super Bowl win. Um, I've seen some really good moments from Matt Stafford in the times that I've looked looked at the Rams and just been keep trying to keep up with what with what they're doing. And it seems like he's still that savvy quarterback that knows when to get the ball out. To me, if I'm the Rams, I'm coming into this game, and my number one thing is Matt. Do not hold on to this ball. Do not try to like buy time. Get get the ball out quick. Yeah. Hit the soft spots in the Steelers' zone defense and take those easy yards with your guys instead of trying to make bigger plays downfield like he often does because he still has a powerful arm. How have you seen Matt Stafford coming you know, throughout the season and how he looks going into this week? Yeah, I, I feel like I don't need to say anything. I think he's just summed it up pretty well there. But uh, but yeah, it's look. I, I'll contrast it to last season when. Um, you know, he was clearly dealing with some stuff that the Rams, even after the season, did, didn't, didn't really want to get into exactly what he was dealing with. But Sean McVay made it very clear that, you know, some weeks it was it was just it was a victory just to get him on the field sometimes, mm. which kind of speaks to kind of what he was going through. So you see it just in general, I would say over the over the six games, you, you see that confidence level is higher. You see him out there uh, not afraid to make any throws. And and some, I think that fits into what you're saying here is, is sometimes you should be afraid to make some throws because when Matthew Stafford does get him himself into trouble it's when he does try to make those hero ball plays a little bit when when he doesn't just take the simple play the easy play the five six yards and and live to see another down and he's trying to make something happen downfield or into double coverage or whatever it may be um there's enough talent on that team on uh, even with the running back situation there's enough talent there that he doesn't have to do that now if the opportunities are there absolutely you know you you take a shot i'm not saying you know dink and dunk for for you know the entire game but uh but he needs to be caught of that he needs to know that he has some weapons out there that he can spread the ball around that not every play has to be 40 yards downfield I think he's learned from that I think if you look at his career he's he's evolved a little bit he's gotten more I don't want to say conservative but he, he's 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 reined that in a little bit right. um and and I'm sure Sean working with Sean McVay has has helped with that too but but yeah I, I agree hundred percent that's in face in the face of everything that we're talking about here the run game being uncertain the offensive line I think that's the way to go. You know, identify yourself some quick plays, some quick targets, get yourself five yards on first down, you know, put yourself, get, get ahead of the sticks, put yourself in second and short, third and short, then your, your playbook opens up considerably. Uh, that's what the Rams have to do. And that when they start facing those second long, third and long, that's when Matthew Stafford gets himself in a little bit of trouble because he thinks he has to make the play. He has to be the hero in that situation. So take what's there, take the easy stuff. Tyler Higby is a great target. People forget about him sometimes with all the talk about, you know, Cooper Cup and, and uh, Puka Nakua now. But uh, Tyler Higby is a very reliable guy, good hands, can find a way to get open. Again, I would just say that. T- take your four, five, six yards, consider it a victory, and and try to keep those keep ahead of those sticks. But but yeah, he, he's been there in Matthew Stafford. Uh, the inter- You look at the touchdown interception ratio, not good. He's had a couple of games there that got really sideways on him, throwing a couple of picks. Uh, when when the Rams offense was getting a little stagnant. So he and both he and Sean McVay can kind of get into that mindset of like, we have to do something, we have to make a play. And, right. and that's when they get in a little bit of trouble. So I think if they keep it calm, even if it's a tight game, even if it's a low scoring game, keep it calm, take what's there. And uh, yeah, just don't don't stand there. That's that's the big thing. Don't make yourself a statue. Don't make yourself a target because that's when you're getting going to get into some trouble here.
you brought up his touchdown to interception ratio. It's six touchdowns to five interceptions. Yeah. That might, that itself does lend itself to the Steelers being a little bit. Uh, to be a little bit. They're, they're, the Steelers aren't a team that's looking to try to test, just stop you all the time. You know, a lot of people think this is to the great Steelers defenses, even in the Mike Tomlin era, and how they would limit you just yard by yard. And, and you've seen this kind of transition in recent years where they acknowledge, like, you know what? The NFL rules don't really lend itself to being about stopping yards. It's about creating turnovers and creating and creating big plays. And that's why the Steelers, they're great at getting after the quarterback. And they have guys that are that have good hands in the secondary. Uh granted, they're struggling and keeping up, keeping up with guys in the secondary. But when they've been throwing their thrown passes that are inter- that can be intercepted, they've taken advantage of that. Even rookie Joey Porter Jr., who was said to not be an intercepting cornerback in the draft, had an had an interception the one time Lamar Jackson uh, threw at him in, in the Ravens game in a huge moment in that one. And that's where it comes down to Matt Stafford for me is, is what you said. The Steelers, that's their MO on defense. They went on first and second down to force those third and longs to try to get let, let TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith pin their ears back, go after their guys. They'll only rush three or four, and then they'll let their secondary try to confuse the quarterback and either make him hold on to the ball or throw a pass that he that he, that he, re- he regrets just a moment later there. And I look at Stafford, and one of the things that I think can hurt the Steelers are quarterbacks who are able to move around in the pocket or at least just try to feel out that pressure and say, hey, I'm going to get go get over here by myself a little bit more time to process what I'm reading downfield. Stafford, I when he was with the Lions, I saw him do that all the time. Is he still doing that now at this point in his career? Well, we all, uh, whether you're an NFL quarterback or, or just a, a person, you don't move as fast as you did a couple. I know I don't. Very true. Uh, so, uh, so, I mean, na- nature nature runs its course a little bit. But I would say, look, he's never going to win a foot race. But but I, I think it's exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's knowing the pocket. It's having a sense of like, okay, even if it's just I need to take two steps up here because I feel that pressure's coming or I, I just I need to get out a little bit. Yeah, he, he can. He, he's not going to run 20 yards downfield, uh, but but if he needs to get out of the pocket and, you know, pick up three yards or pick up four yards for a first down, he can do that. Like he, he has that sense. But but really, I, I'm just wondering if you don't design that even a little bit more like that, for what you're talking about, whether it's play action or whether it's just rolling him a little bit to move that pocket, uh, you know, to, to change the angle a little bit i the rams don't do as much of that as 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 i would think they would especially with some of the situations they've been dealing with here um but i i would try it and and it's something that i i think might work when considering all these things that we're talking about play action is an element of their game you know rpo stuff whatever it may be but i'm just wondering if you might want to design that a little bit more to to get him away from that direct pressure but yeah he can move but nobody's going to confuse him for uh for a gazelle out there that's for sure (laughs) <laughs> my, my last point here before we move to the next segment and start talking about our predictions for this game. I, I look at the at the Rams receivers, and that's like to me, like if the Steelers, if the if the Rams are concerned about the Steelers edge rushers, the Steelers need to be concerned about the Rams receivers. Puka Nakua was lighting it up in the early weeks when Cooper Cup was injured. Now Cooper Cup's back and he's pretty good. And Tutu Atwell is also someone that you have to respect here. What have you seen from them that's been really good? We know about Cooper Cup. And, I mean, the Steelers have played him before, and then we know how how elite of a receiver he is and how great of a route runner, how sharp he is, how he kills you as, as, as soon as he catches the ball. But uh, Puka Nakua, what have you seen from him and how this receiving core has kind of evolved this season with Matt Stafford? 
Yeah, you know, if, if people go back to the Rams of a, of a few years ago in the early Sean McVay era when they had Cooper Cup and Robert Woods back there, that's really what they're trying to replicate here with, mm. with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Just in turn, but Puka Nakua is not Robert Woods yet. Let me let me be clear about that. Robert Woods has a, a much better resume, uh, but but that's that's the thing that they're trying to replicate. Cooper Cup is always going to be the alpha dog in in this in this offense. He's always going to be the the lead target, the one that Matthew Stafford uh, looks at. But but Puka Nakua can find those seems and then you talk about Tutu Atwell too is a guy who's proven this year surprisingly to a lot of Rams fans if we're being honest that he isn't just a gadget guy like that was kind of the thought over the first couple of years was yeah he's fast he can get down the field but unless he catches a 50-yard bomb he's not going to have any role in the offense well, he's changed that narrative this year to, to his credit. I, I think he's worked himself in. He's, he's a lot more of a crisper outrunner. He's had good hands. So he is a guy who can, you know, run a 10 yard out and, and get you a good first down. He's not just a gadget player down the field or a deep threat. So it's it's been challenging, I think. They played four games without Cooper Cup, and, and that's where they worked in Puka Nakua, and he had such a big impact. Cooper Cup's been back for the last two games. I think they've kept their balance relatively well. That is something to watch with Matthew Stafford is he does have a tendency to lock in on Cooper mm. Cup at times. And, and when that happens, that's uh, it's understandable, but also uh, puts your offense in a little bit of, of jeopardy there when, when you're locking in on one guy. So if you're watching the game and you see a lot of target, 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 target going to Cooper Cup, then you can see him starting to lock in a little bit. And that's where the Rams might get a little sideways with their pass game. Spread that ball around. Mention Tyler Higby. Get him involved. Mention Tutu Atwell. Take a shot with Tutu Atwell. Um, make make sure you're spreading the ball. You know, throw the ball to a tight end. Daryl Henderson can catch the ball. He showed that in his first uh, stint with the Rams. So vary those targets. Keep people involved. But uh, Cooper, there's no question about it. Cooper Cup is is still going to be the the lead guy. He's looked really good in his two games coming back. You didn't know how that was going to look coming off of a long hamstring injury, but he he really looked like himself and uh, looked like he's just as big a threat in that offense as as he's been, ever been. Look, I've, I've, my fantasy team's been waiting for Cooper Cup to come back in a lot of ways, so I'm I'm glad to see Cooper Cup back get back in this offense, but. I want to talk more about you with predictions, how we see this game playing out and what both teams are going to have to do to win this game. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break here on the North Shore Drive podcast. It's the Acrisure Fan Advantage with Chris Carter and Rich Hammond. We'll be right back after this. Back here on the Acrisure Fan Advantage, Chris Carter, Rich Hammond from The Athletic. Let's talk about what, what's going to go on in this game. If the Rams are going to win this one, Rich, what's the biggest thing that they have to do? We've talked a lot about winning those early downs on offense. What are maybe some notes on defense as well that they have to accomplish? Yeah, it's um, you know you spend some time talking there about the the Steelers defense and and the Rams are uh, I don't want to say similar but but the the mindset is they they want to prevent those explosive plays like that's Rams fans get frustrated at times with with their own defense because they give up stuff, you know, they'll, they'll give up the, the, the tens, the twelves, they'll get you to midfield and then they'll try to lock it down on you a little bit. What they want to avoid is those 20, 25, 30 yard plays. If they start giving up those, that's when you know that defense is kind of on the ropes. And you can say that about any defense, of course, but, but the way that this Rams defense is designed, that's what they want to do. They want to keep things in front of you. They want the quarterback to have to be perfect. Essentially. They want to capitalize when he's not perfect. They want to get the edge rushers going. Everybody knows about Aaron Donald. Everybody's known about Aaron Donald for the last, you know, eight and 10 years, whatever it's been now. 
that they got to get that outside pressure going. They got a young guy, Byron Young, who's been a little bit inconsistent. But when you see him flash, when you see that number zero out there on the on the perimeter, he can make some plays. He can get to the quarterback. And and when the Rams off, oh, excuse me, when the Rams defense is clicking, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing Aaron Donald, of course, being a disruptive force in the middle. But you're seeing a guy like Byron Young on the outside bringing some pressure also, forcing that quarterback into some uncomfortable throws, which is when that defense that likes to keep things in front of it likes to make the plays can capitalize if you give the quarterback time if you stretch that defense that secondary a little bit that's when they can they can lighten up a little bit and, and you can make some plays down the field I think they got to keep it a low scoring game I think both teams are probably looking at that you know it, I, I see the winning score probably being somewhere in the low 20s for for whichever team if you see it creeping higher than that I, I think we're you know probably looking at a runaway situation for for one of these teams but I don't think that's been the mo for either one of these teams it's it's been low scoring manage the turnovers uh you know try to score about 21 to 28 points and, mm -hmm. and win the game uh so i, I that's kind of how i see this playing out i'm not a gambler but uh, I'm, I'm not sure what the over under is but but i'd be looking at the under in this one i think i i i, I would as well if i look at this game i just i think that um when you see these teams i, I i've I've listened, I listen to a lot of co coaches and how they talk about things, uh, you know, when they're not necessarily in front of a podium. And Sean McVay had his podcast, you know, a year ago. And I've listened to Sean McVay just praise Mike Tomlin a ton yeah. in his time as a coach. He respects Mike Tomlin to the nth degree. He's always he's all, he's always say, saying, like, well, how he does a lot of things right. And I, I think both teams are kind of in a situation where – they have assets on their roster, but they know they're not their their rosters aren't complete in the way that they like to be when they're competing for Super Bowls. The Rams they they loaded up with free agents to 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 get that Super Bowl win, and now they're kind of dealing with okay, we have to try to stay afloat while we try to find that next core that's going to push us into the, into that conversation. I think the Steelers right now they're in a kind of a different spot where it's similar in that they're 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 trying to stay afloat in something, but they're also hoping that the rookies that they've been drafting, like Kenny Pickett, like Najee Harris, like Pat Fryer, who's now out. For for this game, by the way, uh, which is which is, is an interesting storyline there, but um, they're trying to fake to also stay afloat while that. And I think while you're doing that, the best thing you can do is try to eke out games in tough situations, get people get other teams to come into the mud with you and see how that goes. Now, you mentioned the over under FanDuel currently has it at 43 and a half is the over under. That's that's interesting to me. Yeah, that's like that's like right at the cusp of where if it if it was like forty six or forty seven, I'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm taking I'm taking the under there. But forty three and a half, I can I can see these teams. Someone get someone get you know, both getting into the low twenties, uh, just yeah. the way that they, they they both played here. So, I, man. I hate that's Vegas a tough sometimes. one. I hate Vegas. Like, like, just give me an easy win. That's all I want. I just want my money. Yeah, right. <laughs> Come on, Vegas. Make it easy for us to win money, right? Yeah, exactly. No. Like, like ah. But I look at this game, and I think it's what you talked about on defense, you know, trying to force similar situations. I think this is gonna this game's gonna come down to, and I said this with Brian Batko a little bit. I think it's gonna come down to TJ Watt and, and Alex Highsmith, that defensive front versus Aaron Donald. Which defensive front makes it uncomfortable for the opposing quarterback faster in this game? Which 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 defensive front becomes a lot more disrupt disruptive? That very matchup who's off who's who's beat the other opponent's offensive line faster in this game and more often. I think that could be the biggest factor here. And whereas I do think the Steelers, they have maybe 
you know, having two guys that are premier players right now in Highsmith and what could be an advantage. I think one thing that the, that the Rams really have going for them is Aaron Donald against Mason Cole, who's the Steelers center, and he has not played well this year. Last year, he was a huge stabilizing presence for the Steelers offense because he was able to kind of manage it well, be a decent center and kind of keep everyone on the same page. And he's still doing that this year, but he's not able to win as many one-on-ones and against Aaron Donald. You cannot afford to leave him in single and just by himself, which means Isaac Sayomalo, James Daniels, those guys are going to have to be really attentive in helping Aaron Donald. And that can be something that the Rams easily scheme off of to create more confusion on that Steelers front. Yeah, and, and I'll throw one more name at you from the Rams. Uh, you know, Kobe Turner is, is a young guy, number 91, who, who they've been working in. And, and he can play what they really, when the Rams defense has been at the best, you know, you look consistently over the last few years, it's not just Aaron Donald up there. They've needed to pair him with with somebody to do exactly what you're saying, to, to minimize those double and triple teams that he can sometimes get. You know, last year was Ashawn Robinson. You know, in the, the other Super Bowl year, they had Ndamukong Sue. Uh, they, they've had various guys up there who they've tried to, to pair with Aaron Donald up front to make it a little bit easier for him. Uh, they like what Kobe Turner has been doing there. Now, there's a, a few consistency issues because he is a young guy, but if they can get that going too, like if, if he can be a force up there next to Aaron Donald, that's when that Rams front is is really at its best. So I really see Kobe Turner as being kind of a hinge guy uh, to this too. Mm. But yeah, they like to move Aaron Donald around a lot. They, they like to get him in, in matchups that are advantageous. They will put him just about anywhere if they think he can get to the quarterback. He only has two point two and a half sacks in, in six games, which is well off of his, you know, what, what you would consider to be Aaron Donald uh, yeah. pace when you look at his career. So he hasn't really had a game where he's gotten going this year. So I don't know. You, you talked about Pittsburgh. There's nobody. I, I don't know whether there's five people in Pittsburgh who love Pittsburgh more than Aaron Donald does. So, you know, he's you know, he's going to be motivated for this game. You know, he's going to want to uh, play very well. So I don't know we'll we'll see if this is a little bit of his quote unquote breakout game uh, this year. But I, I agree with your assessment 100 percent. The, two, the last two times Aaron Donald, the only two times Aaron Donald has played the Steelers, the Steelers have won. Last time was 2019. They won 17 to 12 in Pittsburgh. And the, the time before that was in St. Louis. And the Steelers won 12 to 6 in a, wow. uh, in a late September game. So <laughs> a lot of those have been hitting the under here. Let's get to our score predictions. I've given my score prediction on the Friday episode here with Brian Batko. I picked the Rams to win 24-20. I think that it does hit the over here. Simply because I think that there's both these defenses create opportunities that give short fields that these offenses capitalize on. But I got the Rams finding a way to win because of the mismatches they can create with their receivers. I think that Matt Stafford will be smart enough in this game to stay out of those rough spots. He'll make some mistakes and the Steelers defense will capitalize on it. But Kenny Pickett in this offense, if I, I think the Steelers can win this game. This is a very much of a, of, a, of, a, of a coin flip of a game for me when it comes to picking it. I just, I look at Aaron Donald and the problems the Steelers have had up front. If they can come out and neutralize him and neutralize doesn't mean completely erase him, you know, out of the game. Last time they played, he had six tackles and only one sack, but that's what you'll take if Aaron Donald just gets that against, against you. If they can do that, they can win this game. I'm just not so sure this offensive line will coming into this week, and that creates problems. But what's your prediction and the biggest factors in this game that will lead to the result that you see coming? Yeah, I agree with your assessment 100% there. Even I, I said I'm not a gambler, and I am not. Even if I was, this was not. This is not a game that that I would take on. Uh, just because I, you know, I, I think if you put everything out there, I do like the Rams. I do like them narrowly. I'm just speaking as you know somebody who's making a prediction here. Uh, I would be concerned about that Rams offense. You, you look, the first half against Arizona, they scored six points. 
six points against the Arizona Cardinals and, and yeah. they were healthy in that half. Like that's a little bit of a concern. Like you, you can talk about the issues that the Steelers have, but if they can get themselves a 10 to nothing or 13 to nothing lead in, in the first half, that's going to be really, really difficult for the Rams. So I, I think that, I think that start is important, but it, I come back to the same thing that you do, Chris. Like I, I think that Rams defense is not going to allow the game to, to happen. That's not, they're not going to allow that to happen. They're not going to allow the Steelers to, to get out front like that. I think they keep it close. I think the Rams offense does kind of play its way into this a little bit. I'm still going to take the under, even though that that's a very tantalizing <laughs> number to uh, to hit. I, I see something like maybe 21-17 Rams. Like I, I, I see both teams being right around there. Big factors, I think turnovers. I, I, I know that's always a case in a close game or in a game with two teams that are close, but uh, they got to take care of the ball. Both, both quarterbacks got to take care of the ball. And, you know, if, if Stafford throws a couple more, uh, then I can easily see that flipping the other way and being, you know, 24 to 21 Steelers or 21 to 20 Steelers or whatever. So I would not bet on this game. I would not recommend that any of your listeners, viewers use my <laughs> advice in any way to make their gambling decisions. Uh, but but I do think that the Rams, I, I agree with you. I think the defense is going to be just enough to, 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 to eke this one out. I, I think it's going to be a close showdown. He's Rich Hammond from The Athletic. Rich, thanks so much for joining us here. Let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Yeah, I appreciate that. No, a great team at The Athletic. Uh, everybody can come on board. Uh, my Twitter or X, whatever we call it now, uh, Rich underscore Hammond. And uh, yeah, looking forward to a good game. Love the people of Pittsburgh. Always enjoyed my trips there. Hope I uh, get to get to see a lot of Steelers fans. Uh, I, I know it'll be in full force. So looking forward to a great game. Absolutely. He's Rich Hammond. I'm Chris Carter here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Thanks again for tuning in to the Accuracy Fan Advantage. You can get all of these experts, expert episodes where we're talking about the Steelers' upcoming opponent the day before the game. Uh, we'll have that again next week against the Jaguars. Again, thanks to Rich. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you Sunday. Tune in to, to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette's podcast channel for all of these episodes, whether it's on your favorite podcasting app or on YouTube. Also, read all our work at post-gazette.com. Our team, Brian, Ray, Jerry, they'll be in Los Angeles covering the game. We'll have our post-game thoughts after the game right here on the North Shore Drive podcast with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For three months of digital access to post-gazette.com at 99 cents, click the link below in the description. 